So good morning. I'm Don Blair. I'm one of the elders here at Northfield and have the privilege of sharing the word with you this morning. Thank you, music team. Just something about music that lifts our spirits, isn't there? Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be together. Thank you for your word. Would you lift up your word? Would you lift up yourself? Would you show us ourselves and show us what we need? And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So today will be the first part of a uh, two-part series on deception. Don Stuber will be bringing the second part next Sunday. So if you would, please turn with me in your Bibles or on your phone um, to Colossians chapter 2. And we're going to look at verses 4 through 10. Colossians chapter 2, 4 through 10. And verse 4 says, starts with, I say this, and the this that he's referring to is in the previous verse, that what he has just said is that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. <clears throat> so starting with verse 4. <clears throat> I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Am I getting some feedback here? Should I do something different? No? Okay. <laughs> Let me also reference John 8. Um, you don't need to turn there, verses 31 to 32. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So if your phone uh, is still open or your Bible to the Colossians passage, if you're using your own Bible, don't do this in the Pew Bible now. I would encourage you to highlight or underline two phrases. The first is in verse 4, where it says that no one may delude you. And the second phrase in verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. What we want to emphasize in these two weeks what you can remember is that deception captures and destroys. The truth sets free. So today I hope to cover a definition, and then we'll look at some biblical sources of deception. And then uh, next week, Don will uh, talk about how we can guard against it. So to get an idea of how important a topic this is, the use of a concordance shows that the words deceit, deception, deceitful, deceitfulness, deceivers, and deceive 
are found a total of 104 times. That's in the New American Standard Version of the Bible. If we also add the words weights, bribe, and winks, because those can be instruments of deception, we add another 27 times. So God clearly warns us against deception. Now last December, I confessed to you my weakness of enjoying Hallmark Channel Christmas movies. Now the sad part about that is I think that's probably the only part of that whole message you remember. <laughs> but at the risk of doing that again, I'll have to make another confession. You ready? Okay. I also enjoy watching old Western TV shows and movies. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we've got some other fans here, too. Um, now, I realize I take the risk of making you think that all I ever do is watch TV. Uh, <clears throat> I can assure you that that's not the case. But over a month ago, uh, I was just beginning to think about this message, and so I sat down one evening with my supper, and I watched an episode of Gunsmoke. Now, in that episode, there were these two men. One was a younger guy, and he was, um, he was, he was a nice fellow. Uh, then there was an older man who was kind of a scoundrel. And they, were, they did not live in Dodge. They were passing through. But they had met out in the country before they came into town and had an argument, got into a fight, and uh, the younger man defeated the older man in the fight. So when they arrived in town... The older man was bent on revenge. Well, as you can figure out, Matt Dillon got wind of that. And so he told the older man, don't cause any trouble. He said, in fact, I want you out of town before tonight. And so the older man, he complied with that, but not before stopping in at Miss Kitty's for a drink. And so while they were standing at the bar, there were some other men there. And so he just kind of casually said, uh, you know, he'd seen that younger man kill a well-known gunfighter in a gunfight down in Texas. Well, that was a lie. It was not true. But as you can guess, it didn't take long for the word to get around town that this young guy was a skilled gunfighter. The result was that another young fellow who was kind of a hot shot and wanted to make a name for himself um, drew this younger guy into a gunfight and killed him because the young guy was not a skilled gunfighter. So the older man got his revenge, but he did it by deception and got someone else to do it for him. And so I thought at the end of that show, I thought, wow, what an illustration of the danger of deception. Now, admittedly, most of us will never lose our physical lives because of a deception, but we certainly could end up causing ourselves great harm or difficulty. Or if we're deceived about the gospel and we don't believe it, we could lose our spiritual lives. So today our outline will be uh, briefly a, uh, a definition of deception and then we'll look at four uh, sources of deception that we find in the Word. In its most basic and general sense, deception is anything that leads away from the truth. And I'll mention two general types of deception. 
mostly because they've been in, the, in our forefront here in recent years. Uh, the first is what we call misinformation, and that can be defined as false or misleading information that may or may not be intended to deceive. I would say generally the intent is not to deceive. I may hear something and pass it on thinking that it's true. It may turn out later not to be true, but in my passing it on, I was not intending to deceive because I believed it to be true at the time. The second type, which we've heard a lot about in the last couple of weeks, is disinformation. And that's false or misleading information which is intended to deceive. You know, what we call propaganda is certainly a form of disinformation. And I believe we've all been attuned to misinformation and disinformation like never before in the last two years with the pandemic. We've been bombarded with a lot of information, a lot of which has not been intended to deceive, but has been untrue nevertheless, and perhaps a fair amount which has been intended to deceive. And I think unhappily that's left most of us skeptical at best and disillusioned or despairing at the worst. But this is not a secular talk on information types, so let's move on and look at some sources that we can pick out from the Word as to different ways that we can be deceived. Deception captures and destroys. The truth sets us free. So let's consider four sources of deception. Um, I'm not as clever as David Jeremiah, so I couldn't make them all start with the... Um, same, um, the same letter. I think we should have the next slide up. There we go. But I did boil it down to two letters, S and P. <laughs> Satan started it all, didn't he? You might remember his first words to Eve were, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Note how he subtly plants that little seed of doubt can you really believe what God said? Then after Eve told him what God had said, he replied, you will not surely die. That was the big lie. Arguably the biggest lie of all time. It took Eve in, destroyed the relationship that she had with God, and not only her, but also Adam, and every man and woman ever since, which of course includes all of us. So scripture establishes at the very beginning that Satan is a deceiver. One of the ways he can do this is by putting thoughts into our mind and making us think that they are our thoughts. For example, when we as believers mess up in some way, we may um, get angry when we shouldn't, we may say Whoops, there we go. We may say something we shouldn't and um, hurt someone in the process. You know, we may tell, we may stretch the truth a little bit um, because that might help keep us out of trouble. When those things happen, we may find ourselves thinking thoughts like this. That was terrible. 
How could I have done such a thing? I must not really be a Christian if I could do something like that. The truth is that we all fail in many different ways, but that doesn't make us as believers any less a child of God. Those thoughts are lies from Satan. Or when we find ourselves going through difficult circumstances, I think we're prone to think something like, I'm probably the only one who's ever gone through anything like this. Or no one understands. Or this will never end. When we find ourselves, again, thinking thoughts like that, we need to recognize right away that those are lies. And being lies, they're coming from Satan and not from us. We need to take those kinds of thoughts captive, like Paul admonished in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Some of you may remember, my wife Lori used to say, it's vitally important that you know, that you know, that you know. As believers, we must know that at a point in time, we put our faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. We must know that God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We must know that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We must know that God promises to never leave us or forsake us. We must know the truth and not let Satan deceive us. Another way Satan can deceive us is by keeping us too busy. And I suspect we're all familiar with that. That keeps our minds off of things of God. When we're too busy to spend time in the Word or in prayer or on things of the Lord, we can more easily fall for Satan's lies. So as we move on and look at some other sources of deception, keep in mind that Satan ultimately is behind every other source. So how does sin deceive us? Let's consider three ways. Sin makes itself look good. We can go back to the garden. What happened to Eve? Well, in Genesis 3, verse 6, it says, When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. She gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. So in spite of her having been told not to eat it, it looked good. And because it looked good, she fell for it. Sin can also play with our pride. One of the ways it can do this is to make us feel like we're unique or special. For example, we get to thinking things like, I can get away with this, or I won't get caught. This will not cause anybody any harm. This will make me happy. That's what's most important. Or perhaps the most dangerous one, no one will ever know. Sin plays with our pride, with the old, this could never happen to me ploy. It's a deception. 
In Numbers 32, 23, we read, But if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. And Jesus said in Matthew 10, 26, So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. Sin deceives us when it plays with our pride and makes us think we're special, and we can get away with it without any consequences. And thirdly, sin plays with our mind and makes us want to do the forbidden. You know, that's an aspect of human nature that's, that's intriguing to me. In Romans 7, uh, verse 11, Paul wrote, For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me, and through it killed me. You know, it seems like as soon as there's a law against something, sin in us deceives us and makes us want to do that which we've been told not to do. Again, it's the same experience Eve had when Satan, in effect, was saying, if God told you not to eat this, then there's something he doesn't want you to know. But you have a right to know, so go ahead and eat. I'm sure we've all heard the saying that the surest way to get a child to do something is to tell him that he is not supposed to do it. Unhappily, that applies not only to children. Sin deceives us by making things look good, by playing on our pride, and by making the forbidden enticing. Let's move on to people. Perhaps that's most obvious and one of the most common sources of deception. And that includes ourselves, and we don't have to look very far into Scripture to confirm that. Jeremiah 17.9 is a familiar verse that says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? So our very heart, our core, our inner man is deceitful. You'll remember that when Jesus was criticized by the Pharisees because his disciples were not washing their hands before they ate, he pointed out, that it's not what we put into our mouths and swallow that defiles us. It's what comes out of our mouths, originating in our deceitful heart, that defiles us. Because of our sin nature, our heart is capable of great sin. We have to guard against that and take great care what we allow into our heart through our eyes, our ears, and our thoughts. Before we leave this, here are just a few other ways that we can deceive ourselves. We can deceive ourselves by thinking that we're more wise than we really are. We can read about that in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 18. We can deceive ourselves when we are merely hearers of the word and not doers. That's in James 1, 22. We deceive ourselves when we refuse to believe that something God says will happen will not happen. An example of that is in Jeremiah 37, 9. And we can deceive ourselves when we think that what we say is not powerful. You can read about that in James chapter 3, verses 2 through 12, where he talks about the amazing power of the tongue. So not only can we deceive ourselves, But, of course, other people can deceive us. That's obvious, but we don't want to ignore it just because it's obvious. We have biblical examples that the list of who can deceive us is long. 
It includes, includes family, friends, best friends, spouse, educators, anyone in authority, government, and the media. And since the media is so much with us in our culture, I want to park on that for just a few minutes and mention two examples of deception by the media that maybe you haven't thought about much, and maybe you have, and this is nothing new, and I sincerely hope that is the case. But the first example is this. Some of you may remember that uh, several years ago, we hosted an event here in Northfield that was called Secret Keeper Girl. It was an evening uh, for preteen girls and their mothers. It was put on an, by an outside ministry. And one of the purposes of the event was to point out to these girls their tremendous value and worth to God in the face of a culture that was often telling them the opposite. So now you may be wondering, how do I know that? Well, I was there. Um, you know, the elders had approved it, and um, I wanted to see what this was about and what was being presented. So I talked to some of the organizers of the event, and they said, yeah, that'd be okay if you, if you come. So I remember sitting way back there in the last bench in the corner so I could be as inconspicuous as possible because otherwise the room was filled with girls and women. Um, but one of the things that stuck in my mind of what was presented was how the media presents famous girls and young women from the music and movie worlds in magazines and other print media. The pictures presented to the public of these ladies are perfect. In the pictures, their complexion is perfect, their hair is perfect, their clothes are gorgeous. In summary, they're outstandingly beautiful. And unhappily, the message that's received by many of the readers of these magazines is that if you don't look like that, you're not of much value. Well, thankfully, the message to the girls at the conference was that is not real. It's fake. It's a deception. They're made up to look like that for the pictures. They don't look like that in real life. And I remember distinctly, they had a series of pictures that were sort of before and after. Pictures before these girls were made up for the pictures and then after. And it was just amazing how strikingly different they were. Well, that was several years ago, um, but I'm sure the same sort of thing is going on yet today. <clears throat> now, I can't speak from personal experience with it, but from what I read, social media has made the deception much, much worse. So my second example is this. As again, again, I was preparing for this message. I have to be looking at the then current issue of World Magazine. And one of the articles was entitled this, Web of Deception, with the subtitle of The Fake Reality and Peer Contagion of the Internet Are Leading Many Girls into Transgenderism. Now, the thing I want to emphasize here is not the transgender thing, but the deception that can lead to it and to many other problems. According to the article, users of social media, especially young users, can experience something called 
social contagion. Now, you may all be familiar with that, but that was a new term to me. Um, as I understand it, the term refers to young people seeing what other young people are doing and experiencing, and then beginning to do and experience the same thing so that it spreads like a contagious disease. Again, I have no personal experience with social media, but let me give you just a few quotes from the article. Quote, a growing body of evidence reveals how social media platforms have a similar effect of causing harm among teenagers. End quote. Quote, since the pandemic, teen girls who use, and they named a platform, but I won't name it, are increasingly claiming to have Tourette syndrome, a nervous system disorder leading to repetitive movements or sounds. An article in the Archives of Disease and Childhood noted that some teen girls reported the onset of symptoms after visiting sites such as, and I won't name the platform, hashtag Tourette's, end quote. Quote, one recent study published in Nature Communications showed a negative link between social media usage and life satisfaction among girls ages 11 to 13 and boys 14 to 15. Increased social media use predicted lower life satisfaction at age 19. And then to finish up, two statements from the girl that was featured in the article who had dealt with the transgender issues. Quote, the emphasis on screens and devices creates a fake reality in which young people don't form a connection to their bodies and nature, end quote. And quote, parents play a critical role in helping their children cultivate a life outside of the internet. So again, social media can be very deceptive. And just like in the gun smoke episode, it can potentially be a dangerous deception. Let's move on to the fourth and final point that we can be deceived by possessions. The Bible plainly tells us that, deceit, that riches are deceitful. In Mark 4:19, Jesus was explaining to his disciples the parable of the soils, and he had this to say about the seed that was sown among the thorns. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. And then in 1 Timothy 6, 9 and 10, we read, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. <clears throat> Solomon has a lot of good warnings in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 about riches. We won't go there, but you can do that for your homework if you're interested. The deception, of course, is that more money, more things, will make me happy and content and fulfilled. That's a lie of Satan that plays off of our fleshly desires and our greediness. The idea that we deserve this. The truth is told us by Christ in Luke 12, 15, when he said, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed, for not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. <clears throat> so to wrap it up, we've talked about the bondage and destruction that be, can be caused 
by deception. Satan's the big deceiver and ultimately the source behind all other sources. We have to constantly be on guard against his lies. Sin deceives us by making itself look good, by playing on our pride, and by playing with our minds to make us desire what's forbidden. People can deceive us. We can deceive ourselves. Others can deceive us. In our present technical and digital age, we're especially in danger from the deception that can come from social media and the internet. And finally, we're easily deceived by the lie that enough money and possessions will bring us happiness. Jesus refutes that lie very clearly. So, what's to be done? Can we avoid deception? Well, that's next week's topic. So be sure and tune in next week. If you're gone for the holiday weekend, I'd encourage you to to listen to the live stream, or if you're busy then, um, listen later uh, through the website on YouTube. And that brings me down by saying, if you don't know Christ is your Savior, and you therefore don't have the indwelling Holy Spirit who ministers truth to us, you can take that step today. Please talk with me after the service. I'll stay up here. You can talk with Dale in the office or talk with, um, with a friend who you know has taken that step. Don't be deceived. I'm going to pray. While I'm praying, the music team will come up and close with a song. When they're finished, that will end our service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truths that you have given to us in your word. Lord, we just uh, plead that you would um, keep us from deception, from being deceived. There's so much out there that is intent on doing that. And uh, you know our needs, and uh, would you meet these? Meet us where you know that we are. And we thank you for all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen.